When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, so let's just say, Matt, play it out the way we think it's going to happen. Stefan Diggs shows up. Everybody's there. Full 90-man roster. The Bills are rocking and rolling. They go through it. They get through mandatory minicamp. Even Diggs addresses everything and, you know, says how much he praises and loves Josh Allen, and this is going to be a great year. All of it. What do you expect from him on the field? Is There is a thought out there. I've done a lot of these. We have both. We do these national interviews. We go on podcasts. We go on other people's shows. There's a thought out there that the Bills' window is closing. There's a thought that the Bills have taken a step back this year. Might be true, might not. Either way. Mm -hmm. Part of that thought is, you know, your number one wide receiver isn't getting any younger. And last time we saw him, there was this thing going on. And, you know, what do you expect from him as far as a year? Is he going to be the same Stephon Diggs? Huh. That's an interesting question. The same? No. But... I think he can still be an elite top four, top five wide receiver in the NFL. I think as Stefan Diggs get, gets older, they're going to start to utilize him in a little bit of a different way. And I think that his snaps might be limited a little bit more. I still think that he'll be the go-to guy. I still think he'll be their number one target for deep shots, for end zone, for really everything. When you need to play, he's going to be the first guy you're looking for. I just think that maybe the plays get peeled back a little bit. Now, game script also will have something to do with that. The Bills were ahead in a lot of games last year. So Stefan Diggs snap counts at the end of the season. You're like, oh, wow, like I'm surprised that he wasn't on the field as much as Gabe Davis. Well, Gabe Davis is on the field because when he's on there, he can block for running plays and because he can do a little bit of everything. I think Stefan, you know, he's still going to probably one of the questions that somebody asked us on social media, like how many targets, how many receptions for Diggs? I still think. I think he goes over 100. I still think he flirts with 10 touchdowns. I just don't know how often he's going to be on the field, and I'm okay with that because you want that guy healthy for the entire season, and more importantly, you want that guy healthy for the playoffs. So if that means the usage drops a little bit, I think for the greater good, that's okay. And you've already got him under contract. So, you know, it's not like you're worried about upsetting him or something like that by him having 90 catches instead of 100 catches. Like, I think he would rather win an extra game or two than have that extra 10 catches or something. Well, if he is going to have his role, his snap count, his usage reduced a little bit, I do think you have to consider if he will get 100 catches. Last year he had 108, 16 mm-hmm. games, which was amazing. The year before that, 103 and 17 games. Mm-hmm. Even though he still had 100, his last three years of targets, amazing. 166, 164, 154 with one last game uh, because the Cincinnati game didn't count. So I would think that would go down to, what, 130 maybe? 
And then I think you're probably looking at 90 catches or so, which are is you say, are you saying it goes down because of like Kincaid and Sherfield and Hardy, or just because of maybe less usage or a combination of both? I think a combination of both. I think what you're saying is probably right. That maybe you take a little off his plate because you have all these guys just to have them. And therefore you don't have to, and he's going to be, he's 30 years old. So you could say, look, we're going to just start kind of, ma- you know, load management a little bit, right? Not yeah. that he's a super old guy, but a little bit of load management here or there. Make sure he's ready. And on top of that, when he is on the field, while we also have other weapons teams now, as we can, if they want to take away Stefan, we could throw it to Dalton Kincaid, you know, um, Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy are there. I think that all of that adds up to, I wouldn't be surprised if he is a little bit less in the, in the targets and the reception department. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we're going to be sitting here at the end of the year going, well, he lost a step. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like agree. his, his production might not be there because of the usage, but I don't think we're going to be thinking that he's any less of a receiver. No, he's the type of player too. Like I know he's 30 years old now. He's the type of player who can have success for several more years. And I'm not really that concerned about his age just because the way he plays the game, like Stefan Diggs is an elite wide receiver because he is an incredible route runner and because he can get open and he can, you know, obviously he can make contested catches. He can play all over the field, but it's the route running that separates him. And that's not something that you lose overnight. Like, yeah, he'll get a step or two slower over time, but he's not one of the best receivers in the NFL because of his elite speed. It's because of his elite route running. And he doesn't, you know, you, if you're a Bills fan, you knock on wood here. He doesn't take a ton of big hits. He doesn't really right. like find That's himself right. in those situations, which is good. You know, the exact opposite of the quarterback, the guy throwing him the ball between the two of them. So yeah, I, I think that I don't think he takes a step back as a player, I think maybe the production though slips a little bit, but that also could lead to more success. And the counterpoint is if the bills do have more weapons, maybe defenses can't zero in as much on Stefan Diggs, And then he actually gets the ball more. So you can kind of spin it whatever way you want to there. Well, they did add a lot of weapons and there was one that had been debated for quite a while. And he's still a free agent. That's Deandre Hopkins. We've talked a lot about him on this program over the last several days. There's been a report that has said that Hopkins is visiting the New England Patriots. Now I've said here and on the radio that I can't see Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins marriage happening again, but who knows? You know, some people think that that definitely could happen. So what happened to me though, was on Saturday, Mm -hmm. right. uh, So Saturday, we had a great night. What's to my co-host Jody Biasi got married Saturday night. It was phenomenal. It was awesome. Great night. Congratulations to Joe. But before that happened, and I say it because we were just having fun with this during the wedding and talking about it. Um, on Friday, I'm sorry, he got married on Friday night. I'm sorry. But on Friday morning, I go on the radio and Jeremy White says to me, if DeAndre Hopkins goes to the New England Patriots, like how much does that change them? And my response was, look, I think they're the fourth best team in the division. And if they get DeAndre Hopkins, I don't really know if they get to third. They're probably still the same. And I say that, Matt, because Mac Jones, right? I mean, yeah. He's, to me, the fourth best quarterback in the division. He would have to have this kind of role where DeAndre Hopkins would be basically their number one receiver. You want to say 1A, 1B with Juju Smith-Schuster? I just Mm -hmm. don't know how much he elevates them and separates them and puts them in another tier, closes the gap between them and the next team. So then I tweeted, the New England Patriots are the fourth best team currently in the AFC East. If they add DeAndre Hopkins, they're the fourth best team in the AFC East. And oh my gosh, Matt, for the last- I know. 72 hours, I have been dealing with Patriots fans in my mentions. And most of them do not refute the point. They just want to laugh at Bills, you know, the Bills and losing four Super Bowls and 
you know, yeah. choking in playoff games or whatever. But there is a point here to be made, and I was very being very sincere. I was not trolling, and I wanted to ask you about it. I was being very sincere. Maybe I'm wrong, though. I think the Patriots are the fourth-best team, and I don't think DeAndre Hopkins changes that. With or without him, I think they're the fourth-best team in the division. Let me say it this way. I agree with your point, but I also think there's another point to be made that almost, I don't want to say like adds fuel to the fire, but would probably calm down Patriots fans a bit. With DeAndre Hopkins, the Patriots are still the fourth best team in the AFC East, but they jump several other teams in the entire AFC by that addition. The AFC East, in my opinion, is the best division in football from top to bottom this division this year is going to be a gauntlet. I know we said that last year about the AFC West and it ended up kind of being, you know, a little bit lackluster after the chiefs and after the chargers. I don't see that happening this year with the AFC East. I think the bills are going to be good. I think the dolphins are going to be good. I think the jets should be good. And I think the Patriots are going to be like one of those teams that's around 500 and is still playing meaningful games at the end. Now, if a weird thing happens, you just need to be hanging around because then you want to be within striking distance. So I think for the Patriots, like it makes sense that you would want to add him. He immediately would be your best weapon on offense, him and Ramondre Stevenson. So yeah, I, I think your point is valid that with DeAndre Hopkins, they would still be the fourth best team in the AFC East. But right now, you know, I'm just, I'm not, I haven't really put a lot of thought into this. I would say they're what the 10th, 11th best team right, in the entire the, AFC. The best team in the AFC East even get in the playoffs because it's, that would be four teams in one division. I don't think it happens. No, unless something weird happens. What if Tua gets injured and all of a sudden he's not playing and Miami takes a step back and they sneak okay, in? Okay, well, or... what I would say then is this, that if that happens, then New England isn't the fourth best team. See, I, I again, what Patriots fans don't want to hear is they don't want to hear the, see the forest through the trees. When I talk about this or say this is, it's still, as you as you point out, you're rightfully to point, rightfully so you say, it's the best division in football maybe. It's a mm -hmm. really hard division. Being fourth in the AFC East doesn't mean you're a bum. You're still really good. And they could be third, and they could even be second. But I think you'd have to have a set of circumstances for those things to happen, which are Tua doesn't stay healthy or Aaron Rodgers doesn't stay healthy, which both could happen, actually, right? Or so then you or, get the Patriots to second place. I can understand that. But, you know, we live in a world where we're not going to project injuries necessarily. I could say no. I don't think Tua can play a whole season, right? So I'm going to say, hey, as currently constructed, when all healthy, I don't think they're better than the Jets or the Dolphins. Yeah. I agree. It's just there's so many different things that happen every single year that you did not see coming. Like last year, the Bills got pretty lucky that Josh Allen didn't end up missing games because of the injury in New mm -hmm. York. Like he probably should have missed several games and he was not right for a while after that. The biggest question about the Dolphins is Tua. Like for me, you're looking at this from like a betting standpoint. I was looking yes. at AFC East odds a couple yes. of days ago yes. and Miami is like plus 300. So the Bills have the best odds. They're like plus 130, plus 125, depending on where you're looking. The Jets are somewhere 150, 175. So if you're not a betting person, basically the Bills are the favorite. The Jets are the second favorite. The Dolphins are the third favorite. I think there's really good value, though, on the Dolphins. This dates back to last year. I think my I like Miami more than a lot of people probably do. At this point, to me, you're just basically betting on Tua's health. Because I think if Tua plays, they're going to be a team that wins double-digit games. And, you know, then you're something weird with the Bills away from them ultimately what, winning the division. What do you see for the for and when you're when you're looking at the betting odds plus 750 from for New England plus 800 it's right yeah, around so, right? yeah something like that. Okay so, so let's just say they signed DeAndre Hopkins. Are they is that changing? It's it's going to go to what? Plus 700? Which is still say way, six. way below number 3. Yes, exactly. It's still way below number 3. 
it's a quarterback league, right? You look at the division. Why were the Dolphins, or excuse me, why were the Patriots so incredible for so long? Because they have maybe the best player in NFL history, a quarterback, and that carried them through a lot of mediocre rosters because Tom Brady was incredible. Right now, you look at the division. Why is it the best division in football? Because Josh Allen's an absolute stud. Tua, when healthy, is really good. And Aaron Rodgers has won back-to-back MVPs like three years ago and two years ago. He's still got some game. Mac Jones, you're the weak link. I will say this, though. I don't think Mac Jones will ever make like a seismic leap, but I think with legit weapons, he could be okay. I really do. Like, I think he could be a very serviceable quarterback for a good team. I mean, look at who he's I think with Bill O'Brien as his offensive coordinator, coordinator, he should be better than he was last year. I mean, look, I think back to the game against the Bills, the playoff game, right, in 2022, early in the season, that perfect wild card game the Bills played. Who were the Patriots' top receivers in that game? Was it Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar? Like, going from that to DeAndre Hopkins, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Ramondre Stevenson is, like, a very serious upgrade as far as weapons are concerned. I think it might be a downgrade from Jacoby Myers to Juju. I think it's a wash at best. Okay, that's, that's probably fair, but you would like... And they did add Mike Gusecki as well, like... You're right. Like they, they could have more weapons. The overall point, I think that, you know, again, it was missed. I think by the people who got mad in New England because it's their team. They think some guy in Buffalo is trashing on them. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I just, I don't see them. They were one game better than the jets, Matt, last year. They were one, they were in third. The jets were in fourth. They were one game better. And the jets improved more than the Patriots did. They did, obviously. Like, they said questions a... about the improvement because he's 40 years old. That's what I mean. There's no I debate. It. There's no debate about, you know, at least in my mind, there's no debate about the hierarchy of. There is, though, because I'm going to say there's no debate about the hierarchy of the AFC East, but we're coming from the standpoint of being here in Buffalo. There are people outside of Buffalo who think the Jets are the best team in the division. Yeah, that's right. There are. So there is a debate to be had. I don't agree with that debate. But there is a debate to be had. I don't think there's any debate, though, even if you're a diehard Patriots fan, that they're the fourth best team in the division. Oh, there was definitely a debate on my timeline. It was really funny, actually. And it's still going on. I've had to basically just not look at you said to me something today when we got on here. Hey, did you see, you know, my tweet about asking questions? I'm like, I've avoided Twitter. I just can't get I can't get through it. It's unbelievable. Getting hundreds and hundreds of these things from these Patriots fans who are so mad because some guy in Buffalo, me, said they're the fourth best team in the division, and yet most of them don't even refute the point. They just want to get so mad and tell you about losing playoff games and losing Super Bowls, which is comical. All right, but let me throw this a different way. Yeah. I'll ask you this question now instead of me making a statement, already. Uh-huh. Two-part question. Fill okay. in the blank. Two blanks. The Miami Dolphins are currently the blank best team in the AFC East. Second. If the Miami Dolphins signed Delvin Cook, they're the blank best team in the AFC East. Second. Yeah. In my mind. Yes. Right. I, well, how much I does he improve them? I made a comment on social media as well. That was not universally liked about Delvin cook. And I basically said like, if I'm the Miami dolphins, I want the ball in Tyreek Hill and I want it in Jalen Waddle's hands as much as possible. And for Delvin cook to be good, he needs touches. So I think that it might be actually subtraction by addition. Even though I think Dalvin Cook is still a good player, I still think he has some juice. The other argument, though, like I've got a friend who's a very good Dolphin, a very big Dolphins fan, and he was like, with the uncertainty of Tua's health, 
we need like a legit running back because if he goes out for a month or so, Delvin can take a big workload and basically like get by. So I think that standpoint, that's a very fair counter argument to the point. So, but I don't think that there, like, there's a reason he's not on a team right now. There's a reason DeAndre Hopkins isn't on a team. There's a reason Ezekiel Elliott isn't on a team right now. Like these are very big name players. I think that all of the guys I just said still can play, but I don't think it's enough to move the meter where it's like, oh my goodness. Like same thing, even from a Bill standpoint, Leonard Floyd, really like the addition. Think he can be a difference maker. Do not think it moves the meter from them being like, you know, the best team to like the far and away, there's no competition. The bills are going to win the division. Like, yeah, it makes them a little bit better, but these players that are available right now, I don't think there's anybody available who would make me feel that way about any team. Like if the bills went and signed Deandre Hopkins, they go from being a super bowl contender to being a super bowl contender. Same thing with the chiefs, same thing with like any of those other teams, right? Is there a team in the second tier that could sign him and you'd go, they're in the t- They're a Super Bowl contender now. They're legitimate because I, I can't think of any. Great question. No, but I would tell you this. I think if any of the three teams outside of Cincinnati in the AFC North signed DeAndre Hopkins, it becomes a lot more interesting there. I think if Cleveland signs him, mm-hmm. if Baltimore signs him, or Pittsburgh signs him, I think you that division changes quite a bit. I think that's how close that division is and the way it's played that – I do think he could make a difference there. I'm thinking about, I don't know. I don't think the Chargers would catch the Chiefs, but I think if he went to the Chargers, he changes the equation of them being a little bit closer there. Like, I do think he can matter to teams. Yeah. Like, there, there's an, like he went and he visited Tennessee. By all means, please sign with the Tennessee Titans. They're still going to be bad. That's This is the point. It, he changes nothing in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I don't think he changes much in New England, maybe a little bit, but not enough to close the gap. I think he does change. Not that these teams are reported. I'm just giving examples. I think he does change a little bit if he goes to, you know, a team like the Chargers. But I think especially Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, suddenly they become a team you have to think about more in that division. I agree. I think if you're the Bills, like, I I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is coming to the Bills at this point. I just, I don't see it happening. And if that makes, you know, if you're a Bills fan, just hope he signs in the NFC, right? If he doesn't sign in the NFC, hope he signs in Tennessee. Basically, those are your two options, NFC or Tennessee. That's where you should want to see DeAndre Hopkins sign because I don't think he's coming to Buffalo. All right. Well, we have some questions coming our way, and we are in the last week of, of well, the offseason program, which is mandatory minicamp. 